Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Dr. Judson Brandeis is an award-winning urologist and sexual medicine expert. He is a clinical researcher and a physician educator and a caring clinician and surgeon, a graduate of Brown University and Vanderbilt University in the School of Medicine. He then went into urological surgery residency at UCLA and a postdoctorate at Harvard. And today he specializes in the emerging field of sexual health and medicine. Over his 25-year career as a board-certified urologist, he has performed thousands of surgeries and pioneered surgical robotics. To the night, 2019, he opened Brandeis MD, a national leader in technology and sexual medicine innovations for men. Brandeis MD engages in ongoing clinical research to improve well-being and provides tools for men to live their best lives. He brings his wealth of expertise and care to a new book he's just written called The 21st Century Man, advice from top 50 doctors and men's health experts to help you feel great, look good, and have better sex. Judson, what motivated and drew you towards the field of urology and men's health? So I started out as a kidney transplant surgeon. And uh, I did research at Harvard Medical School in the lab that did the first living-related kidney transplant and won the Nobel Prize for, for figuring out how to do that. Interesting, um, interesting. You know, I, I was a graduate of the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Alberta, and we were in on the first kidney transplants as well, very soon after, I'm sure, after Harvard mm-hmm, got into mm-hmm. it. So it's been a long, long time that that started. But, you know, there's a big aspect about this and, you know, kidneys are having problems these days. And apparently there's more and more kidneys that are malfunctioning and uh, in general health is malfunctioning. So let's go into the field of how you define health and what challenges American men might have. Yeah. Well, the amazing thing is a hundred years ago, men lived one year less than women. And now American men live five to six years less than women. So something has dramatically happened over the past hundred years. And also there was a Nobel prize awarded in 2015 to some Princeton economic researchers that showed that the longevity of Caucasian middle-aged men in the United States was actually declining. So men were living less long than they were 10 or 15 years ago. And the sad thing is it's because of opioids, alcohol, and suicide, what we call diseases of despair. Oh, that's sad. You know, I, I hear that the number of deaths from from both opioids and suicides actually outnumber the deaths from COVID's, COVID deaths that are going on now. So that's the scary numbers we're facing. Yeah, it, it really is. And men are under a lot of pressure in society. We're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be independent. We're supposed to be breadwinners. And and when things don't work out that well for us, uh, it's really a lot of times very catastrophic. 
And on top of that, men are really not well connected with the healthcare system. So men are much less likely to seek the advice of a physician. And so what I sought to do was to write a book on prevention and early intervention for men between the ages of 35 and 85. So men had a resource to go to as really a touchstone for their initial encounter with the healthcare system. And that's understandable. So let's maybe simplify things and say, what are three things men can do today to to begin to take charge of their journey? Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, we have an amazing chapter on understanding health insurance. So most people don't even understand health insurance. There was a study done five, six years ago, and they asked people, uh, are you in favor of Obamacare? And 20% of people said they were in favor of Obamacare. And then they asked the same group of people, are you in favor of the Affordable Care Act? And 60% of people said they were in favor of the Affordable Care Act. You know, so the sad thing is 40% of people don't even know that the Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act are the same thing. And a lot of times men have to choose health care for their families or for their companies. And so getting in touch and really understanding what the American healthcare system is all about. And it's really a very difficult thing to understand. It's not well-structured. It's not structured, in my opinion, very well to take care of people, but it's the system that we have and you have to understand how to use it. The other thing to understand is that as a physician, we haven't gotten a raise from Medicare or from health insurance companies in 20 years, but the cost of medical inflation for us rises about 4%. So each year, doctors are losing about 4% a year of income. And so what we have to do is just see more and more and more people. And so there was a study by Cerner, which looked at 100 million charts in 150,000 doctor's offices and found that the average patient encounter was 16 minutes. And so if you only have 16 minutes with your doctor, you have to come in prepared And so there's a whole section in the book that explains how to prepare for a doctor's visit. You have to come in with your medical history, a list of medications, your labs, your imaging studies, and then you should write down uh, the whole scenario of why you're actually there and then write down a list of questions and hand that to your physician so that you can make the best use of those 16 minutes. If you come in and talk about your pet cat and the weather, and expect the doctor to work miracles for you, um, you're going to be disappointed when you leave. You have to see the encounter with your physician as a partnership, the two of you working together to try to get you to feel better and to be more informed about your medical condition. Yeah, that seems like a real good thing. So let's go into a couple of things that, that people can do themselves, even outside of seeing their doctor, to take care of their health. Absolutely. Well, you know, most of us know that you shouldn't eat too much. You shouldn't drink too much alcohol. You shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't do drugs. You should exercise. You do some yoga, do some stretching, maybe some meditation. But the problem is that life isn't always so easy. We don't have the time to do the things that we want to do, or we have other priorities or we're just distracted. And so one of the organizing principles of the book is called the hero's journey. So it's a book by a guy named Joseph Campbell who studied mythology and looked for commonalities in mythology. And what I want men to take away from the book is that you are the hero of your own journey. You know, Tom Brady is not a hero. 
Uh, Bruce Springsteen's not a hero. You are the hero of your own journey and the way that you conduct yourself in life and the decisions that you make in life really have a tremendous impact on yourself and the people around you. And when you begin to see yourself as your own hero to your own story, then the decisions that you begin to make have more relevance and have more importance. You know, maybe you'll put away the ice cream that you took out, or maybe you won't smoke the cigarette that you were going to smoke or have that extra drink that you were going to have or make that uh, foolish decision or even simple things like in the, in the ophthalmology chapter in the book, uh, Ahad Mahuchi is the top uh, ophthalmologist in Florida makes the point that 90% of eye injuries are preventable with eye protection. So when you're in, in the backyard and taking out your Sawzall, pause for a minute. Go get safety goggles. You'll percent, prevent 90% of eye injuries or putting gloves on presents, prevents 50% of hand injuries. I mean, just simple things like that of being mindful of the risks that you take because men feel like we're indestructible. We feel like uh, we can do anything without any repercussions, but especially as you get older, and most of my patients are 45 years and older, the physiology of the male body changes. And there's a good reason that we can't do the things that we thought that we used to be able to do. And just being mindful and understanding and accepting that things have changed really can prevent a lot of problems. Yeah, those are wise, wise things that you're saying there. Uh, so, you know, there's two parts to a man's health. One is genetic factors. And the other things are things we can control, such as lifestyle. Which is the most important, or do they work together to make a person's life that much better or worse for that matter? You know, I think they, they really do work together a hundred percent. You know, there, there are cards that you're dealt that you have no control over, you know, men with prostate cancer or colon cancer or lung cancer. But at the same time, there's a whole section on screening, right? If you have a history of prostate cancer or unfortunate enough to get early prostate cancer, checking a PSA early enough and following up with the urologist will prevent you from dying of prostate cancer or getting a colonoscopy at the right time will prevent you from dying of colon cancer. So, you know, the medical technology is absolutely incredible now in terms of detecting, um, you know, pathology. There's something called the, the CACS, it's the coronary um, calcium score. And when I have a patient in my office who doesn't respond to treatment, like I think they should, I send them for a coronary calcium score. And I've picked up so many men with early cardiovascular disease that they never thought that they had and prevented them from having a heart attack or dropping dead one day on the, on the subway. So just really being proactive uh, will prevent uh, pathology and mortality from genetic issues. I thought that's a good point as well. So what keeps men from reaching their full potential? Well, I mean, I think that's a, it's a really important question and it's, it's individual. You know, when you, when you look at a man uh, from the, the perspective of mythology from, from Joseph Campbell, um, when you're, you're born into a town 
And some people are super comfortable in that place and they never leave home and really pursue their full potential in the, in the big world. Uh, and some people, when they're leaving home, their family and friends pull them back and say, oh, you know, you can't leave us. And then some people, when they get out of uh, the comfort zone and look to uh, their own hero's journey, they get taken down by all sorts of stuff, by alcohol, by drugs, by women, by stress, by, um, you know, other in- enticements. And then even once you've achieved your hero's journey, the, the way back uh, can be very perilous. So, you know, there are all sorts of stresses in life and all sorts of failures and disappointments um, that we all encounter. I know you've had health issues and I've had personal disappointments and so on and so forth, but it's that ability to keep going, the determination, the grit, the, the vision uh, that you uh, hold steady and, and being true to your values that helps you live a life that you can be happy with at the end. And at the end of the book, there's a chapter on inspiration written by Brian Bandmiller, who's a national news correspondent who talks about some of the inspiring figures he's met over the years. There's a chapter on gratitude because at the end of the day, we should have gratitude for all the good things that we've had in our life. And then there's a chapter on legacy because at the end of the day, how do you want to be remembered? What's the body of work that you're leaving the earth with? Yeah, those are all important things. And it's part of the work that I've worked on too. That's why I do this podcast called How to Live a Fantastic Life. Because at the end of the day, I think it's about living that fantastic mm-hmm. life and bringing it home and, and making it matter. And I think that's what it's all about. Even though that I was Delta Card in 2003, where I was told I had ALS or Luke Gehrig's disease, which proved out to be wrong, by the way. Uh, it, it was still devastating to hear those words saying, get your affairs in order. You have six months to live. Wow. And those are pretty devastating words to hear when you're at the top of your career. And uh, something that I still uh, am dealing with to this day. I mean, when you go through that, you go through the phases of anger. You go through bargaining. You go through denial. You go through depression. Finally, you go through some mode of acceptance, and I'm glad I did not accept it because the true diagnosis came out, which was chronic Lyme's disease, which many people do still have a problem with in this day and age as to whether it actually exists. But because I found that diagnosis, I was able to be treated successfully for 20 years. So I'd like everybody listening to to realize that sometimes diagnoses that you're giving are not 100% correct. Doctors are not uh, infallible people as well. They do make mistakes. They do have their own uh, glasses that they see the world through a particular light. So it's important to be a partnership with doctors and work with them to come up with your right diagnosis. Isn't that right, John and Judson? Absolutely. I mean, you need to be an advocate for yourself and you need to don't be intimidated by your physician. Your physician's your partner. They're not, you know, we no longer stand on a rock, you know, above everyone else, you know, telling everyone what to do. You know, it's interesting. So when I was doing research at Harvard Medical School, the Harvard Medical School Library had a million volumes and people would come from around the world to access the Harvard Library. Now you have access to a thousand times more information than is in the Harvard Medical School Library in the palm of your hand. Anyone can look up something in PubMed or 
read a book or access really high level information. And if you apply yourself, and I, I assume that all of my patients are intelligent. I never talk down to my patients uh, or tell my patients what to do. My job is to educate patients and help them make informed decisions. And if you see yourself as uh as a patient, as someone who's going to be informed and active in your own healthcare, uh, then your physician is your partner and your guide in that process, as opposed to just someone who's going to tell you what to do. Yeah, and I, I think that's the important thing. And sometimes, you know, if your doctor is going down a path and you don't agree with it, you have to speak up. And you have to, uh, you have to say, well, is there other diagnosis? Because usually there isn't one diagnosis that fits everything. It, it's sometimes there's a gray area. And I think that gray area keeps getting bigger and bigger in medicine now. Absolutely. And, you know, it's getting more and more difficult to get access to some of the tests that you might need because of HMOs and because of um, the roadblocks that some of the insurance companies put up there to, uh, to get maybe some of the more expensive tests. And so, you know, it's, uh, some of my patients, I tell them, listen, you may have to pay for this out of pocket. For example, I hurt my back six months ago and my primary care didn't want to get an MRI. And I said, you know, listen, I'm, I'll pay for it out of my own pocket. And so in the end, I paid for it out of my own pocket and it showed a back pathology that was different than what everyone else anticipated and otherwise, I would have been ended up. I would have ended up doing my exercises wrong and my stretching wrong, and I would have exacerbated the problem as opposed to making it better. So, it's really you know, you have to be proactive about healthcare. It's so much easier and better to nip a problem in the bud than take care of a problem after you have the problem. Yes, for sure. But you've written a rather unique book called "The Twenty First Century Man." What sets it apart from other books? So first of all, it, it encompasses the entire spectrum of health for men between the ages of 35 and 85. And it's not a, a book for younger men. It's really focused on the issues and problems that men that are in midlife focus on. And so there, first of all, there are very few books along those lines. But second of all, we cover physical health exhaustively uh, and we cover mental health and we cover emotional health, and we cover relationship health. So a lot of those things like mental health and relationship health are left out of a lot of books, except if they're really focused on those subjects. But those are really critically important uh, aspects of life for midlife men. Things like depression, things like anxiety, work-life balance, vitality, uh, how to get along with your spouse. You know, I have a chapter on divorce written by uh, a famous divorce attorney. I have a chapter on fatherhood written by Armin Brat, who sold 2 million books on fatherhood. I have a chapter um, on work-life balance written by the, the president of the California Psychological Association. So really high-level folks. I'm not one of those people that goes on TV and pretends like I know everything about everything. But I do know the consultants that I use for my patients, and I tapped into those folks so that I have a top ophthalmologist writing a chapter on ophthalmology or a podiatrist writing a chapter on the foot or uh, a top cancer doctor writing a chapter on how to avoid cancer. Yeah, that's important. I think that that really is a part of it. I think, you know, 
the world's become a smaller place with the advent of COVID, you know. You can have a consult with people from around the world right now just by a Zoom, which is a very important thing. Uh, I think Zoom has shrunk the world and has made it an easier place to do that. And I think that people have to realize this is a, a very important tool that people can use in their day-to-day life. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I do Zoom consults from around the United States and even around the globe for people that want just a little bit more time with the doctor. Doctors are under tremendous pressure to make their practices like a hamster wheel. And if you want to spend a little bit more money and find someone who's an expert in your field and pay for a Zoom consultation, boy, that's really money well spent. If you have, you know, could you imagine if you had spent an hour with someone who could have helped you figure out the diagnosis of Lyme disease in 2004 instead of waiting 10 or 15 or 20 years. Yes. And, and that would have been very useful, but you know, back then it was still a very new disease. It was still something we're debating whether it exists. So it took me searching the internet to find a person that was, I call Lyme knowledgeable, which, which still there's only a, probably a handful of people in this world that are Lyme knowledgeable and really will get into that diagnosis, which is very interesting. But, you know, even within the field of sexual medicine, which is one of my expertise, uh, you know, you go to your Kaiser doc and you tell them, listen, I have some erectile dysfunction and they hand you some Viagra or some generic Viagra and, and that's the end of it. But there are so many things within sexual medicine that are happening now from uh, nitric oxide boosting supplements. Like I have a supplement that I create called Affirm that's a nitric oxide boosting supplement, which is based on Nobel winning prize literature that uh, was created when I was at UCLA or regenerative treatments like shockwave therapy and platelet rich plasma and stem cells or alternative medications like oxytocin or PT-141 or apomorphine or penis pumps or uh, there are so many things out there that can help men that really, unless you go to someone who specializes in this and understands and treats you like uh, with dignity and doesn't judge you, that you can open up to, um, you know, it opens up a whole another vista of option, options and possibilities for, for treating these issues. That's important. Well, Judson, we're coming close to our end here. So I've got two questions to ask you. How do you live a fantastic life? Boy, uh, you know, I'm married and I do my best to maintain uh, a good relationship with my wife and I have four amazing children. And so I spend as much time with them as I possibly can. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I work hard. I try to be honest. I try to take really good care of my patients. Uh, I don't waste too much time watching spectator sports or, or um, you know, doing sort of frivolous things, but I, I just kind of keep my nose to the grindstone and, and do what I feel are the right things to do. Cool. And how do you suppose other men should have a fantastic life as well? Yeah. You know, I think it, it really comes back to seeing your life and your life's purpose and seeing yourself as the hero of your own journey. And if you see what you're doing as important, then you're going to make the right decisions for your life. If you if you don't really see your own life as important, then 
you'll eat too much or you won't exercise or you'll drink too much or you'll, you'll do drugs or you'll smoke. But if, if you see that my life really matters and the decisions that I make matter and they affect other people in either positive or negative ways, then you really can pick up a book like The 21st Century Man, which is loaded with amazing advice from some of the top medical professionals and men's health professionals you know, that are out there that are giving really high level, super clean advice and just pick a few chapters and, and, you know, start there. That's cool. Well, thank you, Judson, for being here today. Hey, my pleasure. People find out about more of your work or perhaps get your book. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a website called the 21st century man, all written out 21st century man.com. And my medical practice is brandeismd.com. And uh, my supplement company is Affirm Science, A-F-F-I-R-M, science.com. And then I even have a good YouTube channel where I have a men's sexual medicine curriculum. So a whole series of videos on educating people on men's sexual health and testosterone therapy and a number of the other things that I do. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for spending the time with us today. Hey, my pleasure. Have a fantastic day. You too. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day.